The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. David Forst, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, joins us here on A's Cast Live and A's Cast. David, how are you this week? Good, good, Chris. Sorry, I was a little late uh, dialing in here from the ballpark, but nice, nice to talk to you, and nice to know that it's on a day where we're going to have a ball game. No doubt about it. You know, last week we talked about how this was one of the strangest weeks of your career. Uh, I didn't think we could top it with what we had this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, very shortly after you and I spoke last Friday, it uh, it got weird for us. So I'm uh, I'm really happy we're through it. I'm I'm thrilled with how our group handled everything, how our staff in Houston worked and and got our guys out of there, and just very happy to be on the other side of it. Yeah, just how tough was it? You know, I mean, I want to get into the human side because, you know, sometimes we don't view these players uh, as humans. But how just how tough was it for this ball club to be basically sitting in your hotel room in Houston and you can't go anywhere? I mean, that has to be brutal on these guys mentally. I think it was. Yeah, I mean, and you can hear from them or from Bob directly to to know what they went through. But but being on the outside, uh, talking to Bob you know, texting with some of the players, obviously constant contact with our athletic training group. Uh, yeah, it just, there's so, there, there's so much unknown, the, the stuff that's uncertain about test results coming back on top of just having to deal with, you know, being in your room, not allowed out, totally isolating. It was, um, you know, I'm glad it was only three, three days for most of these guys, four for some of them, but uh, still a, a grueling few days. What's it like dealing with the unknown? Uh, it's not my favorite thing. It, uh, <laughs> it's tough. I mean, you're, we were up late every night waiting for test results to come back, just crossing your fingers. Uh, you know, Major League Baseball, to their credit, is you know, incredibly helpful, but they also don't want to get more than a day ahead of themselves because you don't know. So you know, the players don't get a lot of information sitting in their rooms. You know, we were always hopeful we'd be able to leave Tuesday, but essentially couldn't make that decision until well after midnight Houston time on Monday. Like there's there's all these things you just have to wait and sit around and you can't make plans. Uh, and it's, it's hard for these guys who have routines and are so used to looking at a schedule and planning months in advance, things like that. And you just kind of have to slow everything down and go day to day. So how does it go forward with Daniel Mingdon now? So Daniel, um, you know, he's home in Houston. I guess the silver lining for him was that he has a house there and he stays there. But similar to what we dealt with in spring training with Jesus Lazardo, there's a 14-day period where you have to remain quarantined. And then ultimately you get released when you test negative twice. So he's got a, he's got a little bit of a road ahead of him until he makes it back uh, as part of the group. Well, let's talk about some trades because, you know, the last time we talked to you, uh, we now find out that you were in talks with the Angels to get uh, Tommy Listella for Franklin Barreto. We talked to you somewhere in the 4 o'clock hour. The deal was done after we talked to you. So did you know when we talked that it was going down or were you still in conversations? It's hard to remember the exact timing. I had talked to Billy Upler a couple times that day and, uh, we'd sort of gone back and forth. So 
can't remember if, uh, you know, I can't remember when the conversation was where we sort of settled on Barreto as a guy we, we would do. And anyways, it was obviously right around that time. And lucky we got the deal done in time to uh, get Tommy out that night and, and to Houston for, uh, well, it was lucky for us. I don't know how lucky it was for him that he made it in time to get to Houston and then <laughs> hang out with our group for a few days. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I, I love the deal. I just, to get a guy that does not strike out, who makes a ton of contact. We were talking about one of the games he played in with a runner on third and less than an out, grounding out to second base, bringing a runner in. I just, just bringing kind of like a Jed Lowry kind of player back into your lineup. Uh, I have to think that was kind of the idea. A high average, high contact guy was just what the doctor ordered for your lineup. Without a doubt. And, and you're right. I, I certainly took notice of that at that as well when he got the runner in from third. But uh, look, this is a, it's a powerful lineup we have and we're going to score runs, but clearly through the first 30 some odd games of the season, you know, one of the things that we haven't done as well is, is situational and, and getting runners in from third and, um, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with strikeouts in a vacuum, but when they come with a runner at third and less than two outs, they're they're damaging. And you go out and you look for a guy with a one of the highest contact rates in the league, with you know twice as many walks as strikeouts, and you imagine that's kind of the perfect guy to add to this lineup. And then you bring in Miner over from Texas, and I mean. With this stretch of how many games you have and all the double headers, I mean, you you need as much starting pitching as you possibly can get. For sure, yeah, and obviously we look. We had started the minor conversation before this all happened, um, but once it does, and you realize you're going to have a bunch of double headers, and you realize the guy who you're definitely going to be without is one of your backup starters, getting a guy like Minor. Uh, we thought it was critical to find a way to get that deal done because, you know, because he does both. He can be available out of the pen, but he can start the back ends of the double headers if you need. Um, you know, we'll have to figure out how it spaces out with three and six days. But, um, but no, he was he was important to add add to this pitching staff. And look, he's you know he he struggled a few starts early in the year, but we saw what he did his last start in Texas against the Dodgers. And, and we've seen how he's dominated the last two years as a starter for the Rangers. So uh, we have you know every reason to believe that, that he can get back to that and be a, an important part of this rotation. Yeah. How hard is it for you guys to truly just evaluate players and their numbers just based off what they're doing this year? It's hard. It, it, it was the hardest part of this process. It's hard to really even look at our own team. And, and make evaluations. I mean, we've we've kicked around some stuff, you know, the last week. We've we've had a lot of free time on our hands, so we uh, we kicked around a bunch of conversations about our team and our our defense, offense, and and every time we sort of, as a group, think you know think we have like a you know a, an answer or know what we're looking at, we we stop and say, hey, it's 34 games. Like in a normal season, we'd be saying like we don't know anything about our team right now. So. It's uh, it's you know, it's just it's just 2020. That's what it is. Yeah, it's uh, and and the fact, I, I don't. It just seemed like wow, you did a deal with the Angels. Wow, you did a deal with the Rangers. How often do you think you you really do deals with teams in your own division? <laughs> we made, I guess we we made the deal with the Rangers a couple of years back on Corey Guerin, but uh, yeah, it's been a while since we made a deal with uh, with Anaheim. So. 
you know, I think it just, it sort of goes to show that, you know, everyone's out there kind of just looking for their best deal. No one's too concerned about being within the division. Everyone is confident in their own evaluations. And, um, you know, in a year, again, in a year like this, you know, those are two teams who obviously felt they weren't going to the playoffs. So they're looking beyond this year anyways. They're not, they're not concerned with what they're giving us for the rest of 2020. Just how happy are you to be at the ballpark, to see guys taking batting practice, knowing that you got a three-game set coming up against the Padres, just to, just to have baseball back again? It's nice. It's, it was nice to be out here the last two days, even just for workouts. Because, you know, again, you say it was only Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Those were those were long days and long hours, just wondering, waiting. Uh, I talked to John Moziliak in St. Louis at one point to hear about what they had gone through, uh, which was exponentially uh, more difficult than what we did. But you just you're hoping you're not that club, and um, it was it was nice to see the guys out running around the last two days. Yeah, there's going to be some rust to shake off tonight for sure, but they're excited to be out there. You know, I was thinking about this, trying to be, you know, glass half full right now. You know, I think more people rather hear that than and then a lot of negativity. And I just, I get the sense that certain guys who haven't gotten off to a great start can almost kind of like hit the reset button during this time off and say, you know what, I'm going to forget about the first X amount of games and now I can just focus on September. Do you get that sense with some of the guys? I hope so. I, you know, I haven't, I haven't talked to guys specifically about that, but, you know, I think Bob made reference to this being a little bit like the all-star break. And that's what, you know, that's what a lot of guys do at the all-star break is, is kind of reset mentally. And like you said, if they've been struggling in the first half, maybe just say, Hey, let's start those numbers over and just look at the second half. And, you know, maybe some of the guys who were scuffling were able to do that the last four or five days. And, um, but again, we, you know, we're 22 and 12, you know, we're playing well as a group. Obviously there's some individual performances that guys wish would be better, but I think the most important thing is we get, we get back out there and, and start winning because we got a lot of games on top of us in a short period of time. I got to tell you, someone who keeps score every game, that second game of the double header, when all of a sudden Marcus Simeon wasn't in the lineup and like not right, writing Marcus <laughs> Simeon into my score. It was so odd. It was like, I just, it was, I mean, how strange was it for you to not have him out there? It was. I mean, we were dealing with it between games um, and sort of just focused on whether he was going to be able to go. So I, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to look at the lineup, honestly, before game two, but I, I will say today, you know, seeing the lineup posted without Marcus on top, like that was, you know, that was surprising. You don't, you don't expect it. And it's been a long time. So we're, we're hopeful he's back out there sooner rather than later, but, knowing also that we don't want to push it and he knows he knows when he's when he's ready to go. Let's end on a great memory. 18 years ago today, Scott Hatterberg hits that home run and the A's win 20 straight, which then was the American League record. Where were you during that time? I would have been in the video room. I was still, you know, it was my third year here. Uh Dan Feinstein and I were still pretty much attached at the hip in that video room. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's been a, uh, a lot of portrayals of that day and that scene. And, uh, I definitely remember, uh, being in the video room, being just not being able to believe that we had blown an 11, nothing lead. And then, 
and then having everything change on one swing. So, yeah, I saw that our uh, our Twitter account posted the video of that this morning. It was a nice little trip down memory lane. Obviously, Hattie is still uh, still very much a part of the organization, and um, great great to see uh, a young young Hatterberg on video. How the heck did that lead get away from me? Like you look back on it and go, Tim Hudson. I mean, how, how the heck did that happen? I don't know. Yeah, as many times as you watch uh, the parts of that game when Moneyball's on TBS every couple of nights, still uh, still can't believe we got to that point. But maybe it was worth it. Well, David, we're crossing our fingers. We're knocking on wood. We're doing everything we can. Uh, I'm hoping that everything kind of stays the way it is. And this is a really big homestand. Three with the Padres and then five with the Astros. And uh, we're really praying for you guys because we know we know it's not easy. And we know that wh- whether it's the front office or it's Bob, his staff, the players, everything you guys are going through, you've never dealt with in your career. And you guys are really doing a great job. And it's uh, been, it's been very impressive. And someday we'll be able to talk about it as probably some of the best work of your career. Well, thanks very much, Chris. Like I said at the beginning, the guys – on the ground in Houston, whether it was, you know, Nick Paparesta, Tony Leo handling the testing and our guys, Mickey getting us in and out of there. Um, and, and then, frankly, every guy in the traveling party who clearly followed the protocols, kept their masks on, kept their distance. And, and the reason they're in place is because of a situation like this and trying to contain it. And, you know, I've been in touch with Daniel. I'm glad he's feeling okay. We'll get him through this. But everybody else deserves a lot of credit. For, uh, for containing it and getting back on the field so quickly. Great stuff as always. Be safe, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Chris. I'll see you. David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.